You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? I'm uh I'm here. Okay. That's that's as far as I'll go with it. I'm here. I'm not feeling too well today. Uh, and it's not uh, it, it's not like I'm coming down with something. I'm just uh I, I don't know. I'm just uh, you know you ever have those days where you just feel off? So I'm just I'm not sure. feeling right today. It's just one of those days where I just don't feel right. Nothing's gone right today. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Anyway, do you remember we were talking about a uh, a couple of days ago? about these uh, these idiots that are sitting in front of traffic in the UK and then they were doing it in uh, in the United States you know in, in New York yeah. they were taking over the uh, the freeway you know like the FDR there in uh, uh, in Manhattan and uh, the West Side Highway they were just walking out and they were sitting in front of uh, these vehicles and stopping traffic chaining themselves up and the ones in the UK they were uh, gluing themselves to the roadway. You're shaking your head. You, you don't think there's a larger message here. I mean, insulate Britain. You know what they want people to do? They want people to insulate their houses so they spend less money. And of course, I mean, it doesn't matter the fact that the founder of the organization was found to live in a house that was not insulated. Uh, of course, I'm sure that's got nothing to do with it. The UK side of things, I, I want to talk about the UK side of things. The UK side of this group that go out there and they sit down in front of these uh, these cars and they hold up traffic and they disrupt people's lives. They cause people to miss job interviews. Uh, they cause uh, parents to miss time so they can get their kids to school and, and all the rest of it. People can't go to work. I'm going to try and do this with a straight face. You saw the people that would go out there and drag them off to the side, right? I don't know if I can do this with a straight face, <laughs> but the uh, the world we live in. But the good news is, is that that's not going to be tolerated any longer. Uh, the authorities have stepped in and said that they're going to start dealing with um, with the people that are causing the problem. And they, uh, <laughs> they've warned the people that drag them out of the way will possibly be charged with assault if they continue to drag them out of the way. So you see, Bruce, the authorities are no longer going to put up with the uh, the mayhem that's going on at these uh, these areas where these people are, are sitting down. So they are asserting their dominance, and they're saying that uh, any more of this uh, dragging these people out from in front of these cars, you'll be charged with assault and you'll face jail time. Yeah. Um Officer, you're going to be zip tied to that barrier <laughs> just the same as they are. I didn't I purposely didn't want to tell you about the insanity of that story before we started. I wanted to kind of tee it up and see what your reaction was going to be. Yeah, that we're, is we're arresting um, the people dragging them. Out. Like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the people that are getting out of their cars, the working people that are getting out of their cars, going up to these these morons and dragging them from it out from in front of the, uh, the, the, the traffic. It's a miracle they're not being run over in the first place. I think these people that are dragging them off, they're being polite. That's what I think. Yes. Yes. That, that, that is actually, yes. That is very polite to just simply drag them off. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And they're the ones in the right, by the way. Um, pretty sure it's illegal for them to be out there you can't in the just, middle of the street like that. You can't go out there and sit in traffic like that. You just can't do it. Mm, no. 
But as you can see here, you know, the police, the police are there dealing with those people that are that are uh, dragging those people out of the way. Uh, they're, they're dealing with them rather than the people that are actually sitting in front of the traffic. I mean, you couldn't make it up. Some angry motorists have now taken to this, uh, whatever this uh, the Squid Game is, you know, the, this Netflix series or, or whatever's going around, uh, and they're hitting these people with uh, with ink in in balloons or something. They're throwing ink at them. I I, I don't know. There's some significance to that. I'm not sure, but uh, but but that's that's what's going on. Uh, but you see here, they've uh, a couple of them were gluing themselves again to the uh, the crosswalks this morning. But anyway, you get the idea. Now see. If you run across these people, you're going to be charged with assault. You will be charged with assault. Not these people. Not not these people that are that are assaulting people's right to move and live their lives. Not that. No. The, the police don't show up and drag these people off. You do see a couple of them get arrested, but you know what's going to happen. They're going to do it in front of the cameras. They're going to take, because those were the sun papers that were out there. They're going to do it in front of the cameras. They're going to take them two, three yep. blocks away or down to the precinct. They're going to cut them loose. Yep. Nothing's going to happen to them. Um, you know what? Look, all of them look like, or most of them look like they're retirees. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah. Go find a hobby or something. Instead of sitting in the middle of the street and trying to be a speed bump, it, seriously, uh, well, this, you, you, you can spend your time elsewhere. This one guy's a doctor, right? Listen to this. L listen, to, listen to what he's got to say. It wasn't painful. It didn't hurt. It, it, it was unpleasant, but um, just sad. You know, the whole thing's sad. You know, the... It's sad that we have to do this. I hate doing it. You know, I'm a, I'm a retired doctor. I've spent my life trying to help people, and I'm reduced to having to do this because oh, the so government will yeah. won't address the problem adequately. Yeah. Basically, mm -hmm. are you worried about violence against you? Yeah, of course, terribly. So does. He, yes, he doesn't want to do it. He hates to to have to sit out there and do it because the government just won't do it. I know. I know this isn't the U.S. and they don't have the U.S. mindset. So. Uh, you know, I'll, I, I won't fault them there. But why is it you're relying on the government to do something that you can do yourself? Why is it you're trying to centralize more power when instead you should get together in your communities or in your groups or whatever and do whatever the, the insulating your house or whatever the hell it is you want to do? Do it yourself. It's your own damn property. It's not the government's. Go and do it. Like well, so You don't need the government to step in and do it. Well, actually, they, they do. They have the, the way that their housing system works. Their public housing system over there is what they call uh, like council housing. So it's it's the government that actually has to come in and do all that work. You can't do anything as far as, uh, as, okay. far as that goes for for public housing. OK, yeah. sure. Um, but again, different system. I'm I'm uh, government's bad. OK, so when you're out there sitting and calling for the government to do more, you're part of the problem, in my opinion. There is that. Yeah. Won't disagree with you there. But uh, these people, you're actually going to charge. You're going to charge the people dragging them out with assault. That's just that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, I didn't want to talk about it yesterday. I still don't want to talk about it today. But we have a uh, we have quite a revelation to talk about today. The FDA panel votes unanimously to approve, it should say authorize, because let's be clear, none of these are approved. Hell, Pfizer even say on their own website that this isn't approved. It was given emergency authorization. No Pfizer vaccine has been approved for use against COVID-19. It's been given emergency authorization. FDA panel votes to unanimously authorize. They say approve in the article, but I'm saying authorize. Five to 11 year old vaccinations, which are not even vaccination. And the FDA, uh, whatever the hell his name is, Dr. Rubin, who was on the FDA panel, said this. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. 
Yeah, that's just the way it goes. I see. They're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is until they start giving it. I mean, that's just the way it goes. So when you look at the vaccines and the younger generations that take it, so 30 and below, you're six times more likely to suffer from myocarditis, only myocarditis, right? This is this is all we're referencing. We're not referencing uh, the seizures, the clotting, heart attack, any of those kind. just the swelling of the heart, okay? You are six times more likely to suffer from that than you are to uh, from the vaccine than you are to be hospitalized by the virus. Six times more likely. That number increases the younger you go. How they say this is, it's not safe at all. They, they, they no, this is, this is going to cause, this is going to kill people and it's going to injure some for the rest of their life that they're going to need medical care for the rest of their life. Uh, no, this this should no. You had doctors from all across the country calling into that conference yesterday saying, do not under any circumstances do this because you're going to cause problems with this this up and coming generation that we're not even going to know about. We're, we're not going to know about all the cardiac issues, the, the heart issues. We're not going to know about all that until at least, what was it, 2027? We won't know the full yep. extent of the damage that these people are going to do. And you know what? Yep. Since we're on that point... When I say the damage that these people are going to do, is it really the FDA that are the real problem here? Because when we were talking about this last night, I said, you know what? I'm offline. I said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to blame the FDA. Oh, there's plenty of blame to go there for sure, for sure. But I'm going to blame the parents that are doing this to their poor kids. And I'm talking about the parents that are sending their kids to school in masks. Those are the ones I'm talking about. I'm seeing kids, kids walking around with masks on because their parents are, are, are complete buffoons. I saw this, it couldn't have been more than seven, eight-year-old uh, kid get out of a car today with his mother at the supermarket. She wasn't wearing a mask, but the kid was in the car, just the two of them. That's the kind of person that will go out and get their kid vaccinated with this. I'm looking at a tweet here from a mother who has a four-year-old child who tweeted the following. Today, my four-year-old had the privilege of participating in the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine clinical trial at Texas Children's Hospital for the two to four-year-old age range. We are thankful to the scientists, the pharmacists, and others involved in the vaccine development process for working to keep our children safe. This is a medical doctor with a PhD that said that. Dr. Jill Weatherhead, her, her, her Twitter's up there, at Jill Weatherhead. You can go look it up yourself. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. A doctor is saying that and putting their kid through that. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, understand something. The pharmaceutical companies, whether it's Moderna, Pfizer, uh, AstraZeneca, J&J, &J, whatever. These companies, they have liability protection. Do they not? They have liability protection. Of they course do. they do. They do. They have liability protection. So understand something. All of you medical, whoever you are that are out there that are on board with this, they will scapegoat you. That's what's going to happen. The pharmaceutical companies are not going to take the hit for this. They're going to throw you overboard is what they're going to do. The whole medical establishment, everybody that they've pushed out now with the mandates that are illegal to begin with, everything, everybody they pushed out now, you've got everybody in there now that says yes, right? Everybody says yes. Everybody's a yes person. No one disagrees. They're going to throw you overboard. When the rubber meets the road on this thing and the parents have finally, those that are awake, have finally had enough of you coming after their children, when we get to the other side of this, you're going to be the ones that will be on trial 
When we have Nuremberg 2, oh, it's coming. And now it's going to take some time, but it's coming. You will be the ones that will be held accountable. You doctors, you pharmacists, you nurses, you nurse practitioners, whatever. Shame on you people. Shame on every last damn one of you. You're supposed to be the ones that are able to interpret this data and give people the right information. That's what your job is as a healer. You're not to do the bidding of some other company that's going to give you kickbacks for pushing their products. I guess this kind of gives credence to the fact that in America, you're not a patient, you're a customer, right? You walk into a doctor's office, what do they want to do? They want to sell you something because you're a customer. They want to sell you two things. They want to sell you pharmaceutical drugs and they want to sell you unnecessary surgeries in America. That's what they want to sell you. And this, this is no different. The only saving grace that I think any of these people would have would be is if one of their family members, closest, whatever, whether it's immediate family or whatever, if one of them would pass, is that going to wake them up? I'm talking about the doctors, like this doctor here who put their four-year-old in this uh, in this thing. Is that going to wake them up? No, no, no. We, we, we've seen this. We've seen this firsthand with people that have had their parents die, their their siblings, relatives. They all say, "Well, they they died of w- with these complications," um, but we still recommend that, uh, people take the vaccine. Uh, either either you're um, afraid of people, you're afraid of of um, the the political backlash that you'll get for not supporting the vaccine, or you're truly given in to uh, lunacy and are, are are just chilling this out. So ah, that 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 one's a difficult one because I, I I could see an element of like you just had a family member die. Uh, you don't want to be lambasted by the media and by social media and whatnot by saying something. So I could see some people wanting to. Uh, try to play politics and still recommend the vaccine. Yeah, go but ahead. Play politics. See how far that gets you. I, I, that, that's the thing is I can't see doing that. I, no. uh, like, I couldn't no. live with that. I could not live with no. that. If I had somebody that was close to me take that thing and then die, and then I said, oh, it's, uh, you know, you, you should really go and get vaccinated. No. No. Mm-hmm. No. I, I'm not going to walk around. I, I could not. What kind of a human being are you to walk around with that on your head? for the rest of your days. No, absolutely not. But that's okay. That is okay. The reason I say that's okay is because there is a study that was used by the FDA to authorize the COVID-19 vaccine, and the study apparently found no significant effect on the risk of death. I mean, are we surprised? No, actually, we're not. We're, we're pushing, what, 20,000 now on the VAERS report? And that's just apparently 1%, 1 to 4%. 20,000. 20,000. Just in the U.S. alone. 20,000. Buried 23 pages in the FDA's approval summary for Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine data is the data that cuts to the core of its vaccination debate presented in a place and manner where it has been almost completely overlooked until now. The data reveals that the number of deaths among people who received the COVID-19 vaccine and people who received a placebo in Pfizer's largest clinical trial. We actually had clinical. Well, no, we're in the clinical trial uh, now. That's that's what we're doing. Those figures provide the only reliable measure of the vaccine's greatest benefits and risks because they are unambiguous, meaning death, enumerate the worst possible outcome, meaning death. Uh, and control for every conflating factor due to the design of the study, of course. Uh, the critical findings reveal that there were there were a total of 38 deaths during the trial, including 21 people who received the vaccine and the 17 in the placebo group. Considered together with the fact that about half of the 40,000 people in the trial received a placebo, these results show no statistically significant impact on the risk of death. It's cleverly worded. In other words, it doesn't do anything. 
<laughs> I was getting just getting ready to say. So it doesn't work. Yeah, you should go and get the vaccine, but it, it doesn't protect you from getting COVID. Um, you can still spread it, and it doesn't actually reduce your hospitalization rate, and it actually doesn't help you, uh, you know, keep you from dying. Then well, what's it good for? Now's the time to get your booster. Yeah, now's the time yeah, to get the booster. Now's the time to get your booster. They're, they're recommending a fourth booster now. I saw the fourth uh, one, yeah. The CDC is saying, well, if you're immunocompromised, uh, you need a fourth one. Weren't you guys just pushing three? What was it, last week? Yeah. yeah. Have, we officially, have we officially rolled out boosters in America? Because I think they voted, what was it, 16 to three against boosters. Yeah. So have we even officially rolled out a third booster in America? We haven't, have we? Well, that that was that was the advisory board. Oh, right, um, right. That was a recommendation. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, that yeah, that was yeah, a recommendation. Yeah. Is all that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're going to move ahead with it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yes. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Noam Chomsky. You know who Noam Chomsky is? Yeah, name's familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. the uh, is that the black guy bald? No, 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 no. no Noam Chomsky. He's uh he's this guy right here. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's an mm-hmm. MIT linguist professor, and he's also uh, just happens to be a far left uh, activist. Um, and he believes that uh, people who refuse the vaccines they should be forced to inject one, and they should still be isolated to protect the community. That's what he said. Mm. Yeah, you start going around and trying to forcibly inject and then forcibly isolate people. Uh, that's not gonna go well here in the U.S. That I'm will not f- go down well at all. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, why is this guy speaking? Why, why is he speaking? When you're talking about things like that, why are you speaking? I'm sorry, I don't care what you have to say. Uh, during an interview with uh, Kurt Goodell, uh, Chomsky said that the topic of vaccine mandates is, well, it's a mixed story, uh, is what he said. It's, it's a, he, uh-huh. he says that you should be forced uh, to inject one, but it's a mixed story, you see. Wherein the community forms a social convention that pushes the isolation of the unvaccinated people. See, this is something straight out of the Third Reich is is exactly what they do. They they pick a group and then they marginalize that group. They demonize that group. They target that group and then they kill that group. That's what they do. It's called genocide. That's what this man's advocating through his nice little academic talk here of uh, mixed stories and social conventions. That's what he's saying. This uh, this sick loser. He says people who refuse to accept vaccines, I think the right response for them is to not force them to, but rather to insist that they be isolated. Now, see, don't force them. (laughs) Don't force them. Insist that they be isolated. Yeah, sure. He says if people decide I'm willing to be a danger to the community by refusing to vaccinate, they should say then, well, I also have the decency to isolate myself. I don't want a vaccine. But I don't have the right to run around harming people. That should be a convention. Enforcing is a different question. It should be understood. And we should try to get it to be understood. If it really reaches the point where they are severely endangering people, then of course you have to do something about it. True. Okay, uh, if let, they let's do just, try to enforce it, there will uh, okay. be actions done. Yeah. All right. Let, let's 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 just let, let's just hold on here a second. What this moron doesn't understand? See, see, people like this, they can't exist in normal society because they don't possess any common sense. This individual possesses zero common sense. Just by that statement right there, he possesses zero common sense, zero logic, zero reasoning, any of the rest of it. He's all academics and nothing else. That's the world he lives in. He lives in a world of theories, peer-reviewed papers of people that agree. And no one disagrees. That's peer-reviewed science. That's what we're living by now. We're killing ourselves with stupidity is what we're doing. The dude is a this, fascist. The dude it, is a crazy Marxist. Through yeah. and through. Through and through. That much is apparent. But let's talk about this right here. He says, if people decide I'm 
I'm willing to be a danger to the community by refusing to vaccinate, then they should say, well, I also have the decency to isolate myself. Do you know what that translates into, Gnome? Let me explain what that translates into. If you're sick with something, you're not going to be out there amongst the community spreading it around. You're going to be tired, you're going to be sick, you're going to be home, and you're going to be in bed. I don't know about you, but every single time that I've ever been down with something, I'm at home. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be out in the community. I, I don't I don't want to, quite frankly, I mean, it's personal responsibility as well. I don't want to infect other people because that's just rude. And why in the world would I go out? I would make sure that I had everything I needed anyway, which I normally do anyway. And I would plan to stay in bed for four to 10 days or whatever and how, however long it is, whatever it is I get over. That's usually about what the what the thing is with any kind of respiratory illness. You're over it in six to 10 days. Yeah, that's a dangerous game he's playing. Yeah, that's that's just I, I, I don't know how else to word it. Then that's just dangerous. What a loser. What an absolute loser. All right. Uh, I'm not going to get any further into that. that. That guy's just a creep. Los Angeles and Long Beach ports. Let's get off the COVID stuff. Los Angeles and Long Beach ports are going to, uh, well, they, they've, they're going to come up with a solution. And they, I think they found one to the uh, to the backlog of the ships that are on the uh, the coast out there. Uh, yeah. They're not going to offload them. That's not the solution. No. What they're going to do, they're going to start fining the shipping companies. Are these people taking tips from the UK government? As in, we're going to file assault charges on the people that are actually dragging the sorry bastards out from in front of the traffic so we can get traffic moving. So instead of charging with shipping companies with assault, we're just going to fine them. That's going to solve the backlog? Yeah, uh, well, it'll it'll solve the backlog. Um, if your goal is to um, create more of a problem, more of an infrastructure problem, to push the fact that, see, you need government. If it wasn't, if we don't step in and do something, then it, it, nothing's going to get done. Yeah, th that that's going to cause the companies to be like, yeah, all right. Well, God, I don't know, actually, but maybe they'll just start dumping canisters into the ocean and be like, all right, here's well, your product. We're, we're out. See ya. We're going to go. Yeah. Do so. I, and more than that, they're going to start charging the companies for the con uh, for the containers that they have in the port already. That's not the shipping company's fault. You're you know passing. Okay. The, Go ahead. You know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is the shipping companies are going to start charging more because the government's now charging them money. So the shipping companies are going to charge the companies that are purchasing the product, that are having it shipped. They're going to have to pay more, which means us, the average consumer, we're going to have to pay more. So the government putting these fines on them is going to trickle down and you're going to start seeing increases in in uh, your day-to-day -day products. So congrats, uh, another fantastic job from the Biden administration. Instead of um, seeing that the proper um, uh, uh, manpower is there at the ports, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could use the military logistics and get help unload those ships and get things back going again. It, it, you if don't start finding companies for it. No, it's not if, their fault. If you had... Uh, if you had Dwight D. Eisenhower in the White House, the military would have already been out there. So he would have said, look, if you're not going to get these uh, these trucks in there, if you're going to put all these regulations on all these trucking companies to get in there to unload the uh, to clear clear out the ports, we'll just send in the military and we'll get it done. It's not that difficult. I've, I've heard interviews of truckers that uh, have done the, the trucking from the ports. And they said uh, basically how it goes down is... Uh, you go to pick up the load. You sit for five hours waiting for them to get the container to put onto your truck so that you can then ship it and leave. They get paid 
by mileage, by the way, truckers. And as fast as they get there, they're also paid by speed. So truckers don't want to mess around. They want to get wherever they need to get as fast as possible so they can get paid more. Yes and no. Um, they, They have a time bracket window. Um, if you're too early, you get fined. And if you're too late, you get fined. You, you have to meet it in that window. So it, 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 it getting early is no longer a thing anymore. You, you get fined for that now, apparently. So yeah, there's a lot of turnover in the trucking industry. It's something like 90 some percent, like 93 or something like that percent mm-hmm. turnover rate in the trucking yeah. industry. They don't keep because of these unions because of these well the, the 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 problems in the chains like you're sitting there for five hours not getting paid that that uh, seriously i mean some companies are good about that but and pay their their drivers even though but that's not all of them no especially not if you're an owner operator if you're an owner operator that's coming yeah. out of your pocket exactly so maybe uh i don't know get rid of some of these regulations um Quit with the freaking unions. That's not my job or whatever the hell they do. Get vaccinated uh, is what the or, unions are saying. Give It's the people that are not yeah, vaccinated. Yeah. Apparently, they were sitting down with Noam Chomsky uh, before talking about talking about vaccines before they decided to make that announcement. Yeah, that, that just means the ports are going to start automating even more. Some of them already automated, but I could see it being, well, uh, we're, we're going to have to automate things even more and just start laying people off. Beginning November 1st, the ports will charge containers that that fall into two categories, the containers scheduled to move by truck and containers moving by rail. Ocean carriers will be charged for every container scheduled to move by truck that has been dwelling in the port for longer than nine days. How long they've been out there now? It's been longer than nine days. Are these are these the private ports or are these the government owned? Uh, I would assume that these are the government ports. These are the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. Those are the major ones out there that that these ships are trying Mm -hmm. to get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they do need to. I mean, it's not as big of a port, the Florida port, but maybe they do need to make that trip and go all the way around. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think the Panama Canal is closed. Something about the Chinese Mm. or something. I don't know. know. Yeah. So they'd have to go all the way down. Uh, around uh, Tierra del Fuego, you know, by Antarctica, and then you come back up. I mean, it's just because they can't get through the Panama Canal because, you know, we we gave that away. I'm sure it's just coincidence. For containers meant to be moved by rail, carriers will be charged after they have been in the port for three days. Ocean carriers will be charged $100 per container, with the fines increasing in $100 increments per day per container. Man, that's going to get really costly really fast. Port officials said that before the import surge brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. I see it's an import surge brought on by the pandemic. Now, see, Jen Jen Sock, she cleared all that up. The reason all that car goes out there is because the surge is so high that the American people have so many jobs and they've got so much income Mm. that they're buying so much that it's that it's all coming in too fast and they can't deal with it. She actually had the audacity to say that. There, there is some uptick because of last year, uh, everybody being locked in their homes and having extra money to spend. Uh, well, some cases, uh, extra money to spend. So there, there was some uptick of buying. The problem is people aren't allowed to go back to work. That's the big problem. Government's uh-huh. bad, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's going on. This is Jen Psaki saying the exact quote that I just mentioned, just for verification purposes, asking the question in the White House press room. Thanks, Jen. Um, I just want to follow up on, on the supply chain that you just said was, uh, you were seeing some serious progress on that front. So a couple of questions. Yeah. 
um, there. So the Port of Long Beach yesterday saw this new record broken, 100 vessels at anchor waiting to enter. Normally pre-COVID, they're seeing 17 ships, uh, give or take, at anchor. Is the president satisfied today on where things stand? The president is satisfied that progress continues to be made. And one of the reasons that uh, there has been uh, so much traffic uh, in a lot of these ports is because there are more goods that are being ordered by people across the country. People have uh -huh. more uh, money, expendable resources. Uh, right. Their wages are up. More people are working than they really? were a year ago. Really? Uh, and if you, in port to port, it's different. But statistically, some of these ports have 20%, 30% increased volume as a result of that. Boy, she's terrible. We had 4.3 million Americans leave the workforce in August because of these ridiculous trumped up mandates about vaccines. And we've got more people leaving all the time. More Americans are working now than a year ago. Wages are up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no deaths, no injuries. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what this is. That's what that is. People, uh, man, people, people really can't believe this stuff. Uh, you really can't believe this stuff. All right, Bruce, you're familiar with um, with this uh, this Let's Go Brandon stuff. You're you're familiar with that uh, and the yeah. uh, uh, the F Joe Biden thing that's going on on uh, on television and and things like that on live TV. You're you're familiar with those, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, congressmen are now wearing masks in the halls of Congress that say "Let's Go Brandon" on them, and that's being uh, that's being shunned. Of course, uh, you can't do that. Uh, but uh, the White House claims that they are unfamiliar with the uh, F Joe Biden and the "Let's Go Brandon" chants. They don't know anything about it. They've not been told uh, anything about it. According to the Washington Post, administration officials sought to downplay the phenomenon. And at least one claim to be unfamiliar with the Let's Go Brandon chant or its cruder cousin, which is the F. Joe Biden one, though they're now chanted everywhere from football stadiums to concert arenas and local bars. Andrew Bates told the uh, I'm assuming he was talking about The Washington Post, told the paper that he had never heard of the chance, not until one of the uh, the Washington Post reporter explained it to him. They had no idea what it was. Yeah. So one of two things is true here. Either they're so disconnected with the common man that they have no clue what's going on in our lives day to day, or they're lying. I'm going to go with the latter. Now, I, I, I think I'm going to go with the latter as well, because I mean, they are disconnected from the common man, but all it takes is to ask one of the aides, hey, what's this? Let's go, Brandon. The aide will know because they're probably a younger generation. They'll they're probably know. probably chanting it when they're not at work. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so they know full well what that is. And um, again, it's more no deaths, no injuries from the CCP. Right. Yeah. Yes, comrade. Of course. Uh, the Post. You know what they did? The Washington Post. They they, they blamed everything on uh, on Donald Trump. Uh, they say that uh, this is his fault, and I'm quoting here for his norm breaking and vulgarity of the Trump era. Uh, and they say that uh, the chants are far more vulgar and widespread uh, because it's is, you know, it's it, because it's Trump's fault, you see. Um, yeah, again, they're lying, because if you've spent any time with the common man, you know that this has been the lingo for hell as far back as I can remember in school and whatnot. This was normal language. Um, so, yeah, they, they must be um, either really disconnected or lying to you. And after we went through an entire year, now going on two years of them lying to you every day, nonstop. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say they're probably lying to you again. 
Of course, they tried to blame it on uh, places that are uh, deep uh, Republican, uh, deep red Republican districts. But uh, the problem is, is that it's happening everywhere. Uh, it's happening at, at, as I said, sporting events. Uh, it's happening at colleges. Colleges are woke. They shouldn't be happening at colleges. That's the last place that those should be happening. They're happening at university stadiums uh, in large numbers. They're also seeing chance in this stuff in uh, places like uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is where he just had a, a speech or, or whatever it was uh, that he gave, which he didn't see a crowd of. Because every time you see this, it's a zoomed in shot. You notice you don't even see the presidential seal fully anymore. You don't even see that. It's like cut off or it's just kind of pushed out of the way. That's optics. That's optics to take your focus off of what something should be. Also, these chants have been echoing through the streets of Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts is, my goodness, man, that, that place is blue. I know people in Boston and they are, oh God, it, Biden can do no wrong. He's the, he's the savior. I, I kid you not. I kid you not. They are they are CNN heads and uh, and they believe every last word of it. They were the first people in there to get their vaccine. Uh, they skipped ahead of the line when, when they were telling me the stories it made it sound like they were getting backstage passes to a rock concert. Yeah, I bet they're the same ones that are getting their boosters now. All right. Uh, anyway, speaking of getting backstage passes, maybe I just unknowingly segued into this getting backstage passes to special events. Hunter Biden and his paintings. Right. He had another art show. Of course, this one wasn't really advertised because, I mean, you advertise the first one and that kind of sets the tone for the uh, the art collecting community, right? So he sold five, what was it, five pieces for uh, for 75,000 each uh, at the last one or, or something like that. Uh, he sold five pieces for 75 grand each. Well, see, that was just a starter. See, those were the introductory pieces. The real pieces were now put on display at this latest gallery. Yeah, they, um, well, I mean, it's it's art, it, it's art. You it, you can't really put a price on art, can you? Now, Bruce, you want to take a guess as to as to how much these uh, these uh, one of these uh, uh, one of these paintings uh, sold for that was done by the one and only uh, Hunter Biden. Um, last time, I believe he walked away with uh, over five hundred thousand dollars. Last time in the last uh -huh. gallery, over uh -huh. with all the paintings. Well, see, that he sold. was a, that was a combined thing. I'm, I'm right. talking about it for right. one piece here. Right, right. Um, so, given the fact that he is such an excellent artist, I'm sure uh, it went for a hefty sum. Mm -hmm. Well, now see, one piece went for around five hundred thousand uh, dollars. I mean, mm. it's it's an authentic piece. It was done by uh, Hunter Biden himself. Now, to give you an idea, if you can get your hands on an original Picasso, a Pablo Picasso painting, if you can get your hands on an original one with his actual signature on it, if you can get your hands on one of those. It goes for like the lowest one it's ever sold is four hundred thousand dollars. You're telling me that this this scumbag degenerate, this this thieving little bastard, this crack smoking degenerate is fetching five hundred thousand dollars for some finger paintings. The world we live in. Tucker Carlson did a piece uh, on this with uh, one of his guests. She was trying to get an invitation to the uh, to the showing and she was turned away listen to this so again let's say you were a crackhead through your 40s made a lot of <laughs> pornographic videos mostly of yourself of your genitals covered in m&ms and then once you got to your 50s decide hey i want to be andy warhol i'm a highly paid pop artist you probably couldn't do it unless your dad happened to be the president and that's how hunter biden pulled that off 
According to the New York Post, Hunter Biden has sold five of his finger paintings for $75,000 apiece. And now, of course, he's trying to sell more. Why wouldn't he? So Hunter Biden's art show just opened in Soho, which is a decrepit neighborhood in New York City. Miranda Devine is a highly non-decrepit columnist with the New York Post, and she attempted to visit Hunter Biden's Soho art show and lived to tell the tale. Miranda Devine joins us now. Miranda, thanks so much for coming on for your intrepid <laughs> reporting venture to the art show. How'd it go? Hi, Tucker. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't allowed in. Um, Ooh, I did try, oh, no. but there was a very nice security guard out the front called Theo, who uh, <laughs> said that I had to have an appointment. Now, I did try to make an appointment. I emailed Georges Berger, who's the gallery owner, and uh, asked if I could have one of these exclusive viewings of Hunter Biden's paintings, <laughs> but unfortunately, I got no response. So um, in the end, I went across the road to another art gallery, very high end art gallery called the Martin Lawrence Gallery. And there I found that they have beautiful paintings by Picasso and uh, Marc Chagall and Roy Lichtenstein and so on. And they are cheaper. You can buy a Picasso, a signed Picasso for $400,000, which is cheaper than Hunter Biden's $500,000 paintings. So I think possibly that the people who are paying insane prices for Hunter Biden paintings are not really doing it for the art. Right. I wonder how many actual artists, talented people who've slaved away for years with no recognition and no income have seen this, decided to give up and jump off the Triborough Bridge. Any any news on that? <laughs> well, it's interesting you say that because one of the um, other gallery owners uh, along that street in Soho and West Broadway uh, that I knocked on the door of to see if they had any thoughts about it was saying, well, he had just been talking to an artist about the fact that, uh, you know, Hunter Biden is getting enormous amounts of money and this other artist has slaved for years to try and make a living with his art and uh, everyone's scratching their head and thinking it's very curious and obviously it's only because his father is president. That's the only uh -huh. reason that people are buying it for the notoriety and potentially for the influence because, of course, we know that Joe Biden is partial to a bit of influence peddling in his family. Yeah. Well, when your dad's president, you get superpowers. Maybe Hunter Biden will invent a new vaccine next it will be required to take who knows you never know the sky's the limit when your dad's in power Miranda Devine I appreciate what you've done for the sake of news that is unbelievable are we surprised no he was getting uh business deals in other countries uh that no one else had gotten uh multi-billion dollar deals even hmm. it's money laundering that that is money laundering 500 grand for one piece come on the the art community they've been known to run um money laundering schemes a time a time or two i mean there was a painting you were there was a paint there was a there was an exhibit that you told me about a while ago it was a five foot by five foot exhibit that sold for i don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that didn't exist but it existed in the artist's mind and that's what you were buying you're telling me that's not money laundering there's a jar of pickles with crime scene tape that was stuffed in it it was resealed and sold over here for a million dollars. You're telling me that that is not money laundering. Or having a banana duct tape to a canvas. Uh, yeah, there was that. That sold for a few million, I heard. Uh, and then there was the uh, crucifix in the jar of urine put out by the National uh, Art Institute or whatever it was. Uh, that's, yeah, that that one... I forget how many how many awards and uh, and and praises and and all the rest of it. It's just it, it's it's truly disgusting. And you know the worst part is we know of some artists. Uh, we were actually looking at some of the guy's pieces. Uh, we hadn't had a chance to actually speak to him uh, yet, but we were. 
This is a, somebody that GP knows. And he's been trying to sell some of his pieces over the last year or so because of COVID. And I mean, he's selling his pieces for, you know, a few hundred bucks. I mean, it's, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I had a look, went on, I had a look at some of his pieces. I mean, it's, it's pretty good stuff. He's been trying, that's a legitimate artist that's actually trying. And he, he's trying to sell his stuff. And he's, he's really finding it difficult in this market that we're in now because everything's shut down. So he can't go and, and have these uh, pieces put on display anymore. But this crack smoking degenerate can go and have pieces put on display that you can't get into. An art critic like this woman here can't get into it because there was a bodyguard at the front door. She couldn't even get in touch with the uh, uh, the owner of the gallery because I'm sure he's getting a sweet kick back out of that deal too. Oh yeah, you'll get ten percent off the top if you uh, if you let us do it in your in your place. Sure, sounds an awful lot like uh, mafia dealings or something, you know, uh, the the backroom stuff that we see in movies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it sounds an awful lot like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know some other artists that have been making uh, uh, much more well-known artists, might I add, and uh, their their paintings are far better than uh, what uh, Hunter's doing, and they don't sell it for. I don't think they've gotten even a tenth of what he's gotten uh, for for their art. So, no, nah. no, I don't think so. I'd, I'd rather spend the four hundred grand on a signed Picasso if I'm going to spend that kind of money on art. That's actual art. That is real art. That's true art. Uh, and so that's what I would do anyway. All right, uh, we can jump out here a little bit early. Like I said, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not feeling very well today. Uh, and I know you said you're, you're kind of down yourself today. So, uh, you know, for other reasons. But uh, yeah, but uh, we will be back tomorrow, and we will have a very special guest that will be with us tomorrow. You want to be sure and check us out tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be sitting down with a funeral director in the United Kingdom. If anybody knows about excessive deaths, if anybody knows about uh, causes of deaths, it's going to be this individual. So you don't want to miss tomorrow. Uh, again, be a very special guest tomorrow. So for those of you who not signed up to our Telegram page, go over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week early for our Telegram subscribers. So get over there and get signed up to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and associates. We're trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, you give us a rating when you get a chance. We'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will be all for today. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.